the raccoon tried to get into our apartment. It did. This is Raccoon Watch 2019. So Freya, our cat, was like right in front of the door and she was being a cat. Like, hmm. You know how cats are like, they, they see like a, an animal and, and they're an anticipatory. Uh, so she was like being weird in front of the front door and my friends are trying to leave our apartment. And so I like picked her up to keep her from running out the door when we opened it. And one of my friends was like, ha what if that raccoon that lives in your building is right on the other side of the door? And we opened the door and the raccoon was right there. And from my perspective, I was not standing there. I was in our living room with our other friend. And I just watched three women come barreling back into the living room. And I literally have never heard three adults scream it was just three shrieking women, and we had just watched something scary. We had not watched something scary. Okay, we had was, watched Over the Garden Wall I was produced say, was, by the Cartoon Network. Oh yeah, I was going to say, it was something creepy. So I was like, oh no, the beast is outside. And instead it was the raccoon, who is a beast, but not the beast. He wanted to fight our cat, and honestly, our cat wanted to fight him. Our cat would have lost. Our cat would have absolutely lost. It would have been a, a dark Halloween. <laughs> Hello, gentles all. Welcome to What You Will. A tedious and brief Shakespeare podcast. I'm Charlotte Aline. And I'm Danielle Cohn. And today we're talking about Sleep Sleep No More. Danielle, that's not a Shakespeare play. I know, Charlotte. I'm glad that you brought that up. (laughs) So here's the thing. What a natural way to speak to each other. There are a finite number of Shakespeare plays, and honestly, this podcast hopefully will have more than, you know, 30 episodes. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of the things that's important to us is that Shakespeare, uh, whoa, my words are just not happening very well, are they? Basically, Sleep Shakespeare- No More is based on Macbeth. Yeah, exactly. And it's a theater piece in Chelsea, in Manhattan. Um, it's at the McKittrick Hotel. Danielle, is that a real hotel? Um, not really, in that you can't go and like stay there for a night. It is a real hotel in that it is called the McKittrick Hotel, and it actually exists as a place <laughs> you can go to. Um, it does not exist okay. in a liminal space. I get, yes. <laughs> It is real in that it's real in that I've been there. I've walked into the building. Your mom lives nearby. She lives near it. You can walk there from her house. Um, Uh, You can buy a drink at their bar. It is a real bar as well. There are two bars. Um, Two bars. The the Manville and the Gallo Green. We actually saw another show at the Gallo Green, but we're not talking about that one today because it's not based on Um, Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, So Sleep No More is an immersive theater piece uh, based on Macbeth in in part. Yes. I would say Macbeth in the main, especially as it's understood in the the mainstream, if you will. Uh, Macbeth Um, is a Shakespeare play for those of you keeping score Uh, at home. Yes. We haven't haven't done an episode on Macbeth yet because we're both scared. we're afraid. We're (laughs) scared. Um, Not of the curse, (laughs) just of having to talk about one of the most important Shakespeare plays. One that we both have a lot of feelings on and, you know, we'll get to it eventually. But today we're talking about our rally so cry we'll get to it we'll get to it it said the procrastinator we'll get to it tomorrow um so anyway so Macbeth uh, is the thing that it's based on but it's also <laughs> based on uh some noir films particularly Hitchcock as well as the 
the Paisley Witch Trials. Yeah. Um, Specifically, uh, Rebecca. Yes. Uh, the, the Yes. And where the, she goes to Manderley and there's a creepy housekeeper. The Paisley Witch Trials are not about a woman named Rebecca. Just no, in case Rebecca you got those is a confused. Hitchcock film. Yes, and Paisley Witches were some Scottish people who were accused of being <laughs> witches. Um, where Good. basically this this uh, young young girl said that she thought that there were some witches around, including one of her servants, um, and it, it all went went pretty badly for them. Um, so that that's that. That's what it's about. Yeah, and it's been running since uh, 2011, I believe. Yes, and 2011. It's, it's quite the event. It's a three-hour-long... Um, I'm struggling to find a word that's not immersive, but immersive. Yeah, in the words of one of my friends, I sleep no more. I love that show. It's so sexy and expensive. It is very expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's really a one-hour show performed three times on a loop, but the catch is that you, the audience member, instead of sitting in your little seat watching the actors what are up on stage, you're wandering about a, um, a series of intricately, expensively decorated rooms, and you can follow the actors from room to room. Scenes happen in different rooms, so it's impossible to see every part of the show on one viewing. Uh, you can follow actors around, you can wander around as though it's an art piece, and everyone is wearing masks. Well, not the actors. The audience is wearing masks. Yes. So it is It is a truly a, a different experience for every individual. We'll get to more on that later. Um, before we, we get to sort of the, the nitty-gritty of our discussion, though, yes. we wanted to give a quick disclaimer about a few different things. We are not being sponsored by Sleep No More. They are, in fact, um, openly against this podcast <laughs> happening. Yeah, they're just, they're, their thing is definitely, they're not, uh, they, they prefer to let the art speak for itself, which is fine, but we want to speak about art, and this is a <laughs> thing that we, we saw and uh, that we think is uh, a pretty, it's one of the longest running, I would say, Shakespeare-inspired pieces yeah, uh, at least in New York, and probably the highest profile, like immersive take on Shakespeare. So exactly. this is uh, not endorsed by Sleep No More, uh, nor is it is, us endorsing Sleep No More. It's not an advertisement for Sleep No More. There's a lot about it that we enjoyed. Um, small content warning: we are going to reference there are some uh, sexual harassment and assault allegations of um, rowdy audience members who groped actors during mm -hmm. the run. Um, so we're going to touch on that just because. It's a relevant part of the piece's history. Yes. And also just to acknowledge there have been a couple articles about how the unpaid internships, like all unpaid internships in the world, are uh, violating... Exploitative. Exploitative, yeah. yeah. Violating some labor practices, um, which, you know, sleep no more. Certainly not alone in the theater industry of doing Yeah, that. we've got... Uh, that's a huge... Um, that's another bottle of so, wine. So, yeah. So um, we just wanted to, um, <laughs> one, acknowledge that uh, no one wants us to be doing this. But we're doing it anyway we're for doing you. It anyway. For you, um, our 14 listeners. Yeah, and also that... Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very, very, very cool show with... Um, some problematic elements. As we all are cool shows with problematic elements. Yes, that's actually on my business card. Danielle Cohn, cool show with problematic elements. Um, okay. What element are we going to talk about first? So the first element I wanted to talk about is the approach. Because the thing about a show like Sleep No More is that uh, there are very few rules. They mm -hmm. basically, you've got this, what, four or five floor, like, building. Yeah. Um, each floor with many, many um, rooms inside of it. Um, and when you get onto the, the elevator at the beginning, they take you onto this creepy elevator, um, they give you a mask, um, and they, they highly recommend that you split off from your group, um, because it sort of enhances the experience of being this like voyeur and also it's honestly scarier. I think it's a little easier to lose yourself when you're alone. Mm -hmm. Um, that's 
sounded more philosophical mm-hmm. than I meant it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to talk about a, a bit about the, our different approaches. So yes. um, let's, why don't we start with my approach? Sure. How would you describe my approach to Sleep No More? So I saw Sleep No More with Sleep No More with Nimir. Danielle and her mom and her sister. Mm-hmm. And they, they like give you your mask and you get into an elevator and they give you the, some like esoteric speech about how you're going to walk around the Sleep No More rooms and whatnot. And then they get to a floor and they open the elevator doors and Danielle runs off, <laughs> tearing away from us as we all try to <laughs> grab onto her her red curls as they fly through the doors. And uh, then the door shuts behind her and only she got off the elevator and they take the rest of us to a different floor, um, which is clearly like a bit that they do at the beginning because they want to split you up from the group that you came in, which is actually... A good, a good yeah. tactic, but it was very frightening for me, a complete wuss who's afraid of haunted houses. Well, and it also was very funny because it was it was truly a moment where there are two um, parts of my personality that I would say are really <laughs> strong. Um, one of them is that I am afraid of everything. Yes. I am. The, if you if you're like I'm putting on a horror movie, I'm like great. I'm I'm putting on my coat. I'm leaving your home. Like I I have chosen not to go to events because a scary thing might happen there. <laughs> um, but there's also a strong part of me that loves to follow rules just loves it <laughs> so those two parts fought the rule follower one and i i went running out so i w- i will say um it was probably the most frightened i've ever been <laughs> in a theater which is cool i feel like theater is sometimes it's hard to do scary mm-hmm. right like I'm, i know you saw the 1984 that was supposed to be really scary with the rats it, or whatever oh it wasn't scary well it was <clears throat> Bad play. <laughs> so, yeah, the the blood packs, top of the line. The play and, like, the acting and the words were all kind of bad. Didn't so, see it. Um, yeah, it was also, the, the big payoff there was a torture scene, which doesn't pay off as much if you're in the nosebleed seats, which is a theater jargon for being way up in the balcony. Um, and you can't see things up close, but with something like Sleep No More, where you're basically trapped in this haunted house, um, you you really up close to all like you know the creepy yeah dead babies and haunted dolls and absolutely stuff. and it was incredible and I do think that the floor that I happened to have gotten out on was the scariest floor that I encountered uh-huh. in my evening there and there was there were no actors around and almost <laughs> no other people so it was this moment where I was like wandering from room to room each one scarier than the next including like a graveyard that was lit in such a way that it I couldn't tell how far it went mm-hmm. and I was like is this going to be the whole night mm-hmm. am I ever going to find another person mm-hmm. um, but luckily I sort of saw a light in the distance and I followed them and I sort of tried to balance um following one person for a bit of an extended time and then uh but letting myself sort of follow impulses and going on another mm-hmm. person i followed Macbeth for a bit which was cool because i got a little bit of plot which was nice um and i sort of went through the first loop mostly following characters from Macbeth. um and then i happened i didn't know that there was anything in the haunted house in the mckittrick other than Macbeth happening mm-hmm. so i ended up actually by accident um, following one of the the characters in the witch trials, which was really cool because I'd already done a loop, so I knew I had seen every female character that exists in Macbeth yeah. at all, including even like the nurse or the mm-hmm. doctor lady, whatever gentlewoman. Um, so I followed this woman going, who is she? And also, like, they're all dancers. So I was like, is this just, like, Lady M with a bun? Like, am I just bad at, at seeing? And, but no, like, this, I don't remember this scene. I don't remember this scene. Um, and what was cool about her is that I actually followed, I was the only person who followed her 
as long as I did from when I had started following mm-hmm. her. Everyone else had peeled off. And there was actually this really cool payoff that like she she had been looking for for a person with a portrait um and i followed her for a long time then finally someone like mysteriously handed her a box and inside was the same portrait and i was like whoa but it was totally silent and only me it was just this crazy moment of like oh i'm so excited and also very alone (laughs) (laughs) only i care about this weird and i don't even know what it means anyway so what about you charlotte what was your yeah um i was afraid um i'm very i'm also did y'all are both very easily scared um which i think is a little more embarrassing for me because i i write a lot of horror and i actually really like creepy stuff and 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 scary stories i just i don't like when it happens to me i don't like watching horror movies i'm afraid of haunted houses so yeah and i got off at like my first floor what because everyone um exits a different point in this nightmare hotel i was on the like abandoned psych ward floor um which was very scary and also not much happening uh but i was very determined to like see all of macbeth because i knew that was what the plot was so i treated it a little more like a i guess like an escape room or a like puzzle where i was like okay now i've seen this scene here i'm gonna run over here and see this scene here and i was trying to like collect every scene of macbeth which i honestly don't think is necessarily the best approach because i ended up seeing a bunch of scenes twice which was cool I saw the famous uh, witch's orgy scene, it, it's called. Yeah, it's, like it's the very big, cool. The big rave scene. I saw that <laughs> twice, uh, which was fun. Because, uh, you know, everything's different from a different angle also. But I also missed every part of the, like, Paisley witch trial subplot. To be fair, of our group of four, I'm the only yeah. one who found that at all. I think it's, it's there. it must be less or it must be more hidden or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, also, uh, we should mention that the uh, Sleep No More is famous for its, like, one-on-one experiences where occasionally a guest will get, um, like, selected from the group by a performer and taken off to have some kind of, like, cool bonus one-on-one experience. Yeah, where they'll like pull a key out of somewhere and give it to them, or like eat a piece of Um, meat while staring them in the eyes, or whatever. (laughs) Hot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I was also determined to not have any of those experiences. I would have loved that. Because I hate that shit. (laughs) I hate audience participation. It's bad always, um, and so I was also, also doing. Also, actors are the worst at audience participation. <laughs> I well, yeah, I, I. It's just it's. Because we're like, how do I participate correctly? I know because when you're like picking people, not that I mean Danielle's way more experienced doing this than I do. Yeah. Um, but when you're a performer and you're singling people out for audience participation, you're always like, who's not gonna be so into it that they're gonna try to be like. I was in an improv troupe in college. Let me cowboy this situation. It's true. I've gotten really good at being able to spot who's going to be stoked that you picked them, but not do anything extra. Yeah, and then who is like, don't look at me. I'm dying the whole time. Um, yeah, so I, I I, mean, I had a, I had a really cool experience, but I was definitely like trying to to make it fit into Macbeth a lot more than I maybe should have. Um, I do, I do no, I won't name names, but I do have I was gonna say, t- at least one friend who uh, went in with her boyfriend and she was like, yeah, Sleep No More is terrible. And I was like, what are you talking it's about? Like I, incredible. I, it's this incredible art piece. I had such an amazing time. And she was like, oh, well, they told you not to talk and they told you to split up with 
you know, the person you came in with, but I didn't want to do that. So my boyfriend and I just like hung out and pulled our masks up and talked the whole time. And I just... I literally can't imagine like being in, even just being another audience member in that experience because it's so, you're all creating this together. I would have run away from that. My soul like vibrated out of my body in the Shake Shack that we were (laughs) sitting in. I was like so upset because it's also, I mean, you know, that that's willfully paying several hundred dollars to then have a bad time, which just makes no sense to me. Why? I mean, we got in on a discount and I was still like, gotta make, gotta make every second of this count. Gotta be having a fulfilling artistic experience in every moment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely if you are planning to to go, um, which you should if you have the money, it is very expensive, which is also something we should acknowledge. It's not like the, like immersive theater and it's also never on discount and it's, it's never, never on, on today ticks no it's never on we got discount because danielle's Don't, magic no no um, i didn't get discount sh- never mind yes. we didn't <laughs> we're rich it's surprise um but i do think something that like a cool thing about immersive theater is that oh it's accessible especially to people who like you know can't really get into that uh, whole sitting and watching a yeah it's like great thing. theater for add honestly yeah right. on it, it's like really really good for people who have trouble uh, sitting still for a long time who just like didn't grow up with Shakespeare or whatnot so the language is a barrier for them but it's also a real expensive yes. so in that way not accessible at all Absolutely. but also don't go and then flout all the rules and be like it was bad that's it, not fun yeah, yeah. so <laughs> lots of different ways to approach yeah. it I would highly recommend following people for at least a bit of time so that you're getting some yeah. piece of their arc um, but yeah, that's sort of one of the fun things that is that you can, the, the other thing I love about Sleep No More is talking to other people who saw Sleep No More, you always sound like you're recounting a crazy dream you had. Yeah. It's like, yes, I was walking through in my mask and then I was in the candy shop, but I couldn't eat any of the candies. And then Macbeth walked by and you're like, what? I also, I what? have, my, it, speaking of the masks. Yes. I have my mask from Sleep No More. Uh, if you ever if you ever babysit for rich kids in New York, um, I encourage you to play a bingo game where you see how many Sleep No More masks you can find in children's playrooms um, <laughs> co- covered in marker. Um, but I, I kept you. Uh, are you allowed to keep your mask? You are. Yeah, they give yeah, you your okay. mask. Yes, you're allowed to keep. I your... love it because when I'm walking home to my to to see my mom, it, when it's like dark out, oftentimes like walking towards me are these like <laughs> masked figures, but it's not scary because I'm just like, oh, they went to sleep no more. Good for them. Yeah, they're um they're very cool masks unless you have glasses, in which case, sorry, um it's hard to fit them over. <laughs> Wear but, your contacts. Um, yeah, but uh, they're kind of these like white skull-ish masks, masks with a bit of like a duck bill, so that your your mouth is and nose are not. Covered. Yeah. Um, and I have hung mine up on a bookshelf in my room so that every night when I lie in bed, it's reflected in the mirror on the other side. So it's like all dark in my room and through like the crack in my curtains, I can see the reflection of this demon mask hanging in the darkness. It's very bad. That is horrible. But it's also the next element I wanted to talk yes, about, which exactly. is the masks. What a beautiful segue. Mm-hmm. So uh, things that I love about this mask thing, because I, I found myself thinking about it rather consciously. Yeah. Um, are that of if you, without the masks, you would just have like a bunch of plebeians standing around in jeans, doughy faces. Exactly. And there's something about even just. I mean, the masks are also fairly long. Like yeah. They they come because of the sort of duck bill there's shape. A good amount of coverage. Yeah. You know, unless you're like actively looking down at people's sneakers, like really, it is this sort of uniform thing. Um, 
And not only does it create this anonymity, which is kind of, we'll talk about in a second. Good and bad. Good and bad. But it really did lend itself to the artistic experience because I found myself thinking like, we are the thing that is haunting them. Yeah. And like, they are, they're like acting like they're being haunted by demons, but they're also surrounded by like six masked figures that they don't seem to be able to see, but that we know are there. It really added this whole extra layer of like, whoa, this house is haunted and whoa, I am what's haunting it. Yeah, there's a really cool moment that I experienced at least two, if not three times, um, where Mackers is like walking down a street um, or hallway made up to look like an outdoor street. And at first, like the first time through, only a couple of us were following him. But then by the, the last round, there were like, you know, 10 people following him. And he keeps stopping to turn back as though he thinks he's being followed. And they're just all of these like ghostly demon figures in masks staring back at him. It's a, it's a very cool effect. It's also very brilliant um, because it's really hard to do immersive theater and still maintain that kind of effect of being in a theater where it's all dark you can't talk you're not focused on your girlfriend boyfriend mother who you came with uh you're focused on just the actors in the story so it's Mm -hmm. this great it's like one of the few i think um immersive pieces that genuinely feels immersive you don't yeah Mm -hmm. um no there is other good immersive theater of course it's just a difficult art form that's still a little bit in its infancy in this like in this current version of it yeah this and not you know there's always been immersive performance art going back millennia but this like this, Our particular this new, version of this it. This new bougie strain of it that exactly. will hopefully become less bougie as time goes on. And I will say it is, you know, as, sorry, as young artists living in New York, um, who have lots of other friends who are young artists living in New York, the number of times now since seeing yeah. Sleep No More that I go to something and I'm like, oh, you're trying to do Sleep No More. It's almost like, oh, this is what it's so much of immersive theater is, is aspiring to be. It was so game-changing. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's not that immersive theater itself is totally new, but the way that we're doing it yeah. in this sort of Sleep No More-esque way um, does feel new-ish. I don't know. Yeah. and so Or the, like it's being uh, pioneered in, in new directions. Yeah, and... And, like, honestly, I think people are a little afraid to steal the mask idea from Sleep No More Wholesale because it's such a, a like, Brilliant. hallmark yeah. of Sleep No More. But also, it's Go great. It. Do it. Do it's it. so good. Or it, give us costumes. Because there is just something about making the audience actually part of the thing yeah. in, a, in a physical way instead of just talking to them or taking them into the thing. Yeah, and there are definitely different versions of immersive yeah. theater. There, You've got, like, your Tony's and Tina's Weddings, which is um, a very long-running <laughs> and, like, well-known immersive piece, but the, the gimmick is that you're all there at, like, a wedding reception. I haven't seen it. This is all going off of hearsay and cultural osmosis. Yeah. I think I have a friend um, in it. Yeah, and, but, but so you are encouraged to, like, schmooze and talk to both other audience members and the performers. Yeah. Um, which is one way of doing immersive theater, and there are lots of cool shows that use that. But if you're t- really trying to have a theater piece that a silent audience member is walking through and experiencing in this way, you have to set those boundaries. You gotta have the boundaries, you gotta have some kind of anonymity with the masks. Although, should we now talk about yeah, the cons so the of the flip, masks? Yeah, so flip side <laughs> of the masks, um, in some of our or the research that we've done, it feels like the the anonymity that those audience members feel is often at the sort of heart 
of uh, some of these sexual assault issues that the show has. Yeah, so it, it embolden it definitely emboldens audience like, members. You don't know who I am, so I'm gonna grab you. And you're yeah. like, come on, guy. Yeah. So there, there have been uh, yeah, BuzzFeed News reported on um, 17 different allegations um, over the years that Sleep No More has been open. Um, some some performers reported that they felt like totally safe, safe and that they didn't have issues. Other performers did. I think it is really dependent on just like who the audience members are who are, are coming in, um, how drunk they are, how much experience they have with, um, you know, immersive art. It's also, I, I think it can be hard for audience members to remember that this is an actor's workplace or a dancer's workplace yeah. or the even some of the stewards have had um, stewards who are sort of the, the stage management team. Um, yeah, hiding in the shadows, making yeah. sure everything's running okay. Yeah, that this is their workplace and yeah, they're doing sexy things and coming up close to you. But um, yeah, I do. But they're dancers. They're not, you know, I they're do, not there for you to touch. Yeah, and I do think this is something that like, one, as hopefully this kind of theater piece becomes a little more accessible, we can get a little more like common knowledge ground rules about obvious, obviously never touch someone who's working. What are you doing? Yeah. And also that maybe the show could stand to be a little clearer with the boundaries. Because I will say even as a, as a, I'm a good little girl and I love theater and all mm-hmm. that rah, rah, rah. I remember in the first like 10 minutes when I was running near Macbeth, mm-hmm. having the thought of like, hmm, what would happen if I said, are you okay? Like, or what would happen if I like put my hand on his shoulder? And both of those things were things that I filtered because you can, I I will say, I think if you are paying attention, that's not the vibe. No. (laughs) Don't do that guy. Um, But it does feel like I I do wonder if there's a way to make that clear. And it does. I, I also have a lot of sympathy for it because I have worked in some not quite this immersive environment but Mm -hmm. I worked at a renaissance fair which is I would say interactive theater which is slightly different from immersive theater but still where you're fielding a lot of personalities and you're trying to keep everything in character even when things are getting weird yeah um and same thing with I I work at Drunk Shakespeare which is you know frequently dealing with audience Mm -hmm. members who take that as an as a as an invitation for them to be very drunk yep (laughs) um i mean even last night we had a a pair of people who were just fucking obliterated (laughs) and there's like a weird level of like how long can you let it be a thing you're making a joke about and passing off until you have to be like stop and I, I do think that that line is generally when, yeah. when things become physical. Yeah, and I think that's, it's not, again, not a problem that Sleep No More is, like, inviting beyond, you know, the anonymity that emboldens shitty people to be shitty. Um, but it is also kind of, like, a problem that interactive and immersive and audience participation theater overall is trying to deal with right now. Yeah. Um, but that is the unfortunate downsides of the masks for some people, if you know, if you come in and you're you're drunk and you're like, well, these witches are having an orgy, so Me obviously too. I'm part of the orgy too. No, 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 no you're no. not. Are you, you collecting not, your paycheck you, at the end of this week? No, you're not. Are you a witch? Are you? Do you know how to do this dance? You don't. Don't. Uh, ha, 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 ha. I mean, even just uh, this is also why audience participation gives me a little bit of the heebie-jeebies because. Um, most people, most people are cool most and are, are cool. capable of just 
are context ca- clues <laughs> are capable of understanding when it's appropriate for them to participate and when it's not. But like the other week at Drunk Shakespeare, uh, you and our roommate Chris came home and both told me the story about some girl who just like came and sat on a bench in the oh middle my gosh, of the show. It was insane. I just decided I still don't know what her she just stood was. up and was like, and now me. And now I'm in the show yeah. and I'm sitting on this stool. Which is also insane because, <laughs> especially because, sorry, but Drunk Shakespeare, like, we, we're interactive. We ch- we there, There's some audience participation, but it's clear where the stage <laughs> is, guys. Like, yeah. oof. Anyway, that's a whole nother yeah, story. Yeah, and so, but then when it's not clear where the stage is, exactly, that's you get a lot of uh, people, shitty people feel like they can get away with being horrible. Yeah. So that is the unfortunate downside of downside. the mask. Um, with that sort of in mind, I would say the other the other flip side of that, though, or the, the way that those people are given, I would say a, a positive outlet, which I think the show does really well, is that the art direction overall is incredible. Yeah. And, and, you... and very clearly interactive, where you are very welcome to open any drawer, to walk into any piece of any room, to interact with the physical scenery, pick something up, put it back somewhere else. So that part's just like truly unmatched by anything I've ever witnessed. Yeah, and it's so detailed. The art direction is really out of this world. Um, and you can interact with the the world of it in a way that, again, so often... So special. Yeah, it, it's really kind of unique to this production and like a few select other productions that are this expensive. Um, <laughs> it, it's also just an incredible... Uh, man, <laughs> I'm a little bit speechless trying to describe this set, um, but it, the fact that like one floor is an abandoned asylum and one floor is a graveyard, and then you've got all the sort of grandeur of like a decaying 1920s hotel, and then you've got a sort of Scottish a ballroom and shops and a ballroom. And- and the way they, I mean, even the way they do, again, this is, I, th- I think we said at the top, but maybe we just said it in the in the written description of the episode, like light spoilers, like the way they make the Burnham wood move, mm-hmm. like it's all just so seamless and, and, and deep. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> like it just, not, not deep and like, well, so deep, but like it just goes as far as you want to go with it. It will take you there. Yeah. So yeah. It, and yeah, I would I, also say the dancing is uh-huh. just like in terms of like pieces of this that also not to not to drag every other immersive thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen, but uh, that I think elevate this one and that are part of why it's been so successful and yeah. why it um, attracts so many different types of people um, is that, yes, there is the Shakespeare element and there's also this sort of slight history element. And there's also this incredible art part, um, but also just the dancing. I mean, like some of the most amazing dancing I've ever seen, especially since it's like a foot away from you. Yeah. Uh, that's worth mentioning, I think. Yeah. And a really difficult show to perform. We should yeah. also stress that just it, like it's... so much like running through halls and dancing at the yeah, same those, time. Those and... performers are yeah. incredible and do and working so hard. And I can only imagine what they're like training may or may not be with dealing with audience members i'm sure that that's a large piece of like again even thinking back to the run fair of like part (laughs) of what you do is you learn how to create a stage with physical proximity to people right of like and how to mentally figure out well this is how many people there are and if i walk in this direction they will move this way Mm -hmm. and how to sort of corral them and i I would imagine there's other similar mechanics at play yeah and i think a lot of people aren't thinking of when they go into an you know and not not to blame people for not like 
immediately thinking in in theater terminology or uh from a like a performer's perspective because most people aren't and thank god um, yeah get out <laughs> there's too many of us anyway it's full theater's full theater's full kid <laughs> maybe next year <laughs> Um, <laughs> go be an accountant or something. Um, what's the in Merrily? What does the producer say? Um, it's not a write, write more, work hard. Leave your name with a girl. Um, Less avant-garde. Leave, leave your name, name with a girl. girl. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, but I, I do think it's it's also interesting. It's like just hard thinking about similar athletic professions like imagine if like gymnasts also had to contend with like people in mass getting up in the grill <laughs> and like poking at them yeah or like if sprinters had to i mean dance is is athletic it's it's really physically challenging and then they also have to deal with your fucking sweaty uncle in his mass <laughs> being like i touched the dancer hooray i'm, I'm doing it yeah I'm uncle, sleep no uncle whatever sit down Uncle Fester. No, don't bring on, don't besmirch the good name of Uncle Fester. I was Fester. just trying to think of like a creepy Have uncle. Have you seen Adam's Family Values? Is that the movie one? The good movie. I don't think the so. The one where they go to the summer camp. I think I was creeped out by one of the movies and I, I never tried okay, another. Okay, we're going to watch Adam's Family Values. I love, the ad, da, 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 I love the Adam's Family. Yeah, um, but it's a good one where Uncle Fester gets married. Yes. Don't think I've seen it, but okay, I feel we'll like I have. It. I don't know. Um, so last thing, sort of element for my money that feels worth discussing, especially on this <laughs> Shakespeare podcast. Is like the Shakespeare? Is the Shakespeare. Yeah. Because um, I think that's sort of the, the the big hook for a lot of people is being like, it's going to be this creepy production of Macbeth. Um, I don't know if anyone goes to sleep no more anymore <laughs> thinking that. Um, it's got its own reputation and its own right at this point. At this point. But when you're trying to explain it to people, like I find myself often that's like in the first sure. sentence yeah and it feels like for what makes this thing special it kind of shouldn't be um yeah yeah i would say I, it does a medium job of being like that <laughs> right like i think it, you probably can speak to this better because you genuinely tried to follow all the pieces of it whereas i followed my heart the whole time <laughs> but like i would say i would highly recommend that you brush up on your macbeth before going because i think it's more fun i think it's fun if you look if you don't know macbeth you can still have a wild fun time it'll just be a little light on the plot it'll feel like it'll feel like you're in a dream i think you'll still be able to fall a little bit like oh that guy killed that other guy and now he's sad like like, that guy is running with his wife that guy is scared yeah um whatever you can still like grasp onto some of the larger like emotional arcs or like Fair, even if you don't know Macbeth, you can be like, or even if you do know Macbeth, you're like, what is that? <laughs> you can be like, is Sorry. this lady him? Why is she dancing in yeah. the bathtub? Wait, you were saying, is um, she? I cut your sentence off. I don't know. It's um, gone now. It's but gone. Um, yeah, I, I do think it is really fun if you, like me, are a, an insufferable know-it-all and you go in like, oh, I need to see the Burnham Wood scene and you're just running around trying to like collect them all for the scenes in Macbeth. It is fun to do it that way because you are like following the story a little more stringently. You're also like on the lookout for certain scenes, which can be fun or can hamper you. Only you know which is the right approach for you personally. It's I will say it, there's almost no dialogue. Yeah, so it's it feels not, more like there there are beats of Macbeth that have been rendered yeah. in interpretive dance. Yeah, which is very cool. It's so um, cool. Very cool. I would say light on the Shakespearean, the Shakespearean aspect just because Shakespeare, because Shakespeare is all in the language. Yeah, Shakespeare is more in the language than in 
the plot, his plots. He stole most of his plots. Um, Sorry, so, Shakespeare. Sorry, Shakespeare. But uh, also, I think it is a cool... It, it's hard because my feeling about a lot of like Shakespeare adaptations is like, this is a cool gateway way to Shakespeare. I don't know that Sleep No More is a cool gateway to Shakespeare. Like, I don't know if you love Sleep No More. <laughs> if I'd be like, okay, great, let's go see Troilus then, and Cressida. Then, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if you love Sleep No More, you'll necessarily love Macbeth. But I do think if you love Macbeth, you'll probably have a good time at Sleep No More. Yes. Because it's just kind of like having, it's like you had to cram for Macbeth for an English quiz the next morning and then you had a nightmare is like the energy <laughs> of it. That's so horrifying. it's a little, you also don't go in expecting to see Macbeth because you won't. Um, but if you go in being like, oh, I remember this. Oh shit, this is the sleepwalking scene. Ah, yeah, that becomes fun. very cool. Then it's fun. And also if you're like, there are witches, right? Oh shit, these are the witches. Yeah, and especially, yeah. like I said, I would, I would definitely brush up on the on the structure of it because it's fun to be like, oh, this is the third prophecy or whatever. Brush um, up your Shakespeare. So that's that's Sleep No More. Mercy um, did you ever do a Sleep No More? It's funny that you ask, Danielle. Yeah, this because... is our podcast. This I would say of every episode we've ever had, just definitely the most natural of all of our It's really life. natural is what's great about us um, and our, how we talk in our normal voices. Yeah, when I was in um, college, I had a kind of a short-lived Shakespeare club that I started because I that get, didn't want to do any work on it um, because I was in college and I had to, oh, I don't know, go dye my hair with peroxide or um <laughs> you know study abroad or cry in, in the bathroom you know college things yeah um so but but for the short time that i did have this club uh we put on a shakespearean haunted house one halloween um which now i'm just like why well, i should have monetized it because it was free and i do i still dream of re one day i'll recreate it uh for money because it was it was with very real actors with real actors in New York uh, yeah, City. There, there, there are some good, there are some good people um, who are in it who are actually now, uh, you know, working in the industry. Um, but we used like the basement of Talcott, if anyone went to Oberlin of our fourteen listeners, um, which is kind of one of the older dorms, and it, it looks a little castly from the outside. And the basement is just these, you know, long, windy stone hallways. Um, and so, like, the opening, we had the three witches come out and anoint everyone with blood. Um, oh. Which also, <laughs> again, a little bit questionable now, because they anointed you kind of whether or not you were into being touched with red dye and corn syrup um, on your face. But that's, you know, that's that was we'll the actress' choice. We'll work it out in post. We'll work it out in post. Yeah. Um, so, so they came out and did the, the um, you know, bubble, bubble, toil and trouble uh, scene from, from Mackers, and then as you went through, you encountered some of the other creepy scenes from Shakespeare. We had in, like, the laundry room, there was, uh, the scene where Gloucester gets his eye put out from, uh, uh King Lear, which I was very excited. I wanted them to use those, like, lint white, uh, chocolate balls as the eye and then eat it, because I'd seen that done in another show and it was really creepy, but it just kind of got a lot of laughs. So, you know, y you live and you learn. Um, <laughs> we had, like, by, there was, like, an old sink where we had, uh, Lady M, Lady Macbeth, eternally washing her hands. Um, we had my, I don't know why, I had my friend who was a dancer just kind of be Lavinia um, from, Tro uh, not from Troilus and Cresta, oh, from Titus Andronicus. Uh, she, she gets her, her hands 
cut off and her tongue cut out. But instead of having her do a dance, she was just like standing in the hallway with a yarn blood. So, you know, a choice. Uh, and we also had the scene from Twelfth Night where uh, Malvolio is like trapped in a, in a, a little dungeon. Oh, being or like jail tortured cell. out of his mind. Being tortured, mind. yeah, being tortured. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I'm not even missing one or two. Uh, we had like a one person who just like ran throughout and yelled at people. And then the last gotta one, have that. yeah, gotta. The last one, uh, oh, he was really good. Like he was a freshman too, really good actor. Um, doing the Hamlet and Hamlet's ghost dad scene as though. Hamlet was being possessed by the ghost, so he would, you know, do the Hamlet lines as normal and do a like <gasps> creepy voice for the ghost. Um, cool. Yeah, it was it was a very cool college project. I do think I think what I mean I think what's fun about using Shakespeare for spook 'em ups and scares is kind of that feeling of cultural recognition of like oh I know this story. And I kind of, because weirdly with scary stuff, I feel like knowing vaguely what happens can often make it scarier, even though... Because you're like on a train and you can't get off. Yeah, like we love twists and turns, but if you're watching a scene and you're like, oh no, oh, wait, no, oh, no, oh, wait, no, is this no. that guy who gets his eye put out in that one show? Oh no! Um, it's like when you're on the roller coaster and you can that. just barely see like where it's going down before you plunge. Yeah, I didn't make people wear masks <laughs> though. And I gave them candy. So. Oh, I think every haunted house, <laughs> every theater should, experience should, should end with me being handed candy. Yeah. Every experience should end with me getting candy. Yes. Um, but that was that was my foray into immersive theater. Immersive as, theater. As a youngin. Sleep no more. Sleep no more. Macbeth doth murder sleep. <laughs> So, uh, we are joined this spooky evening. I'm just going to keep talking about things being spooky until the end of this episode. There's a pumpkin right next to the laptop. It's true. That's how you know it's It's, autumnal. It's small, but... It's it's there. It's holding it down. It's there. Anyway, we are joined by my lovely and beautiful friend, Jenna. Um, And so, Jenna Hokinson. Yes. um, uh, Why don't you tell us about yourself? We met doing a, a show in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yes, that is where the office is supposed to take place. And they have a great store with office things in it. They do. Yeah. Yes, they're very proud. They're like they they know they know <laughs> they know that the office is their thing. They do tours and everything. Um, anyway, we met doing a, a during a, an all female production of Measure for Measure. But Jenna does literally a million things. So. <laughs> Jenna, who are you? Hi, um, I do. I work at the Ad Council, which is like a nonprofit advertising agency. Been taking photos. Um, I am an actor as well. Hoping to start auditioning again soon. You know, mm-hmm. you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and an, an administrator too. So I yeah. work with a theater company and produce and do that kind of stuff. So if you need almost anything done by, like, a lovely, empathetic person, Jenna's your girl. She's also wearing a very great sweater. She's wearing a great sweater. It's from Target. As all all great sweaters are. Yes. Um, So, because this is our Sleep No More episode, Jenna, why don't you get us started? What is your connection to Sleep No More? Yeah, so I worked at Sleep No More for only about a year and a half, um, and I was a steward. And to explain what that is, <laughs> um, that is, if, if you've gone, it's kind of like an audience serv- service member, but you're inside the actual production with a black mask and you're telling people 
be quiet, keeping people safe, radioing in certain things that you might discover throughout the night. Um, yeah, and just kind of being there to make sure everyone stays safe and cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what, what would you say your like general experience was like, like what was your day to day working on sleep no more? Yeah. So I would say, um, it's a little bit of a strange thing to describe. So, um, the day to day would be, I would get there and put on my black mask, um, stand in the dark for about three hours. Um, and listen to people calling things on the radio or calling things myself. And the cool part was you kind of got to watch the show mm-hmm. as it happened. Um, sometimes you see the same parts in that same position you need to stand in a lot. But it definitely was eventful and the weirdest and probably coolest job I will ever have. <laughs> yeah. um, how did you find yeah, how that did you end up How does one job? become a steward and sleep no more? <laughs> a black mask. Because they definitely want you to feel like these people just like appeared in the hotel one yeah, day I, when, uh, like, when, when just before we hit record we were asking uh or i asked jenna uh what position she'd been in at sleep nor and she just said oh i was a black mask which is just the most esoteric answer to any question <laughs> yeah I love it. it feels like at that point you're either a superhero or you're yeah it's a bit something sp- experimental on the, in the spooky avant-garde <laughs> yeah yeah eyes wide shot energy yes <laughs> but it totally does have that or it's like you're standing in the in a cult like what are you oh i'm one of the black masks and eventually i will become one of the elder <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that at times for sure um yeah it was on playbill and i was like oh i heard that sleep no more is cool and then i went and i was scared and also <laughs> really intrigued and they had us go through the show on our first night nice and the coolest part is they asked me like did you see any black masks while you were there? And I didn't. But the cool part is, they're always there. <laughs> there we were in every corner. It was stage managers and stewards, so it wasn't just us and the black masks. Stage managers did that too. Uh, but now knowing the tracks behind it, it's amazing Like how often you're there, but the show just goes and kind of happens around you. Like People don't really know that right. you're, you're watching. <laughs> yeah, so did you have an assigned, uh, like, station that you were always at? Like, you're the candy store mask. Or um, were, was it just, You're like, in the graveyard <laughs> all the time. Have fun with that. Um, uh, yeah, the, I'm, I'm still <laughs> fucked up from Danielle abandoning me in an elevator at the beginning of that experience. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, did you have, like, a, a regular spot and or a favorite spot to stand oh. in in the dark? For sure. So... We did not have regular spots. Um, they were assigned to us daily. We switched it up. Wow. There were all chaotic. Yeah, there were always spots that like nobody wanted. Ooh, like what? Oh, okay. So some people really didn't want to be in the McDuff's house because mm-hmm. there is a room that actually they had to get a priest come and bless it <gasps> because they had a medium come in and say that this pl- place had dark energy. 
And one of the spots that you stand in is right outside no. that room. Oh, no. no. Don't so, say that. So what I did was I developed a positive relationship with the ghosts. Like, I Good. literally did. You are the genius. <laughs> I decided, like, I was going to tell them that I'm a safe place and that Aww. we're going to be okay here. But I would say the place I didn't want to stand was in the hospital. Wait, no, we can't move okay. on. So, yeah, we explain <laughs> your relationship to the the McDuff House Sleep No More ghost. <laughs> did you name it? Did you investigate it? Did you talk out loud to it? Were you scared? I, I need to know everything. I definitely, okay. When did you find out? Was it right before you had to go stand there? So I told... I told someone that I was creeped out standing there, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, yeah, that room is the room. Um, it's, yeah, it's that's a where room. the ghosts live. That's yes. where we keep our so ghosts. So <laughs> in that room, they also have, and spoiler alert, they have, like, headless babies floating around. Okay. Oh, that's Do you the room. room. That's yeah. one of the first rooms I went into, and it is so scary. It is so scary. It's not the ideal room. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's so funny when you say things like the McDuff's house. I was like, I if you put me, if you gave me a map, I wouldn't be able to point to it. That's, yeah, I'm I, like, I could describe my experience. That in was each like, of it's the all rooms. like the, yeah, green, no, the green one. Yeah, it's okay. It, it it's was a green. Greenish. I just remember the babies, and it felt it felt brown to me. But that I was also just scared. Those, it was like yeah. shadowy. Apparently, <laughs> they chose that room to be the dead baby room after oh, the, no. the person came in and said the energy was weird. I'm sorry. Okay. Did they bring this medium in when they were building the place to be yeah. like, hey, <laughs> we bought this place, so we're pretty sure that this place must have a ghost. So in where's it. the most haunted corner for our dead baby room? It's like the opposite of when you're planning a real nursery and you're like, what gets the best light? You're like, where should we put? Our- oh, well, then the ghost can take care of the baby ghosts. Yeah, I think they like. I mean. <laughs> Someone is someone take care of the dead. Sorry, there's so much happening. Continue. Somebody who worked there might like correct me and tell me that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that. Yeah, you didn't have an an NDA, right? Like, Stephen Moore's not gonna come after you. They'll come after me if I like gave probably some secrets, but I don't don't tell us the secrets that that one. This is a secret. I feel like they would be proud for everyone to know there's a ghost. Yeah, Stephen Moore's whole vibe is. We're not going to tell you, but if you ask someone, there's definitely a ghost. Yes. You know? <laughs> totally. And I never saw the ghost. I would just... Wait, like, so tell us. Yeah, continue. <laughs> so I would just whisper. <laughs> oh, good. It's kind of embarrassing. I would just, like whisper to myself, like, you're okay. We're safe. Which is kind of creepy on its own. I love that. Um, but the, also the cool thing was there were performers. Often when you first get there no one's in the hotel yet. So uh-huh. no one's like entered the experience. So it's kind of like creepy and eerie. But the best part about that dead baby spot was that <laughs> there were... Is that sentence. Yes, that sentence that I never thought I'd say. Um, and then there were often performers getting ready there. So it felt a little bit less alone. Okay. Um, yeah. Didn't like being in the hospital. Favorite spot was the bars because I got to watch the singers and nice. like actually oh, talk great. to people. I, cool. That was part of the reason I didn't work there anymore was I, I do like interacting and a lot of it was not. Yeah, <laughs> one, like I'm not here. Yeah. One would imagine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, um, oh wow. Okay, so, so speaking of uh, favorite, least favorite experiences, do you have a, um, you know, favorite performance? Any Anything... Oh, I don't know. Hi. Somebody's sorry. Alexa, our phone. And the le- uh, it's the ghost. It's the ghost. It's the ghost. <laughs> oh, someone's. It's it's the phone. <laughs> Jenna's phone went. I didn't quite catch that. 
There's a ghost in your go- phone, Did Gemma. the ghost follow you? I mean, you did. You, made you just summoned it. You made yourself a safe space for the ghost. I do have I do have a childhood ghost story, but we can, we can save that. Oh, I think we should do that at the end. Yeah, yes, we'll save it for sure. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, oh, yeah, yes. I was going to ask, did you have a, um, any, does any particular night or performance stand out as a, the best or worst or weirdest. Yeah, experience oh, totally. you had there because you said weirdest job. What, weirdest what? job. Yeah, I feel I like mean, it's how I feel about working at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, you just like enter this like strange world and then you come out and you're like, I could tell you stories. Yes, and everyone like there gets things that no one else will ever get. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite parts. Hecate is given such a cool role in mm-hmm. Sleep No More that she doesn't really have in the play as mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, so Hecate, following Hecate is the best. I followed her for a while Ooh, when yeah. I saw it. Yeah. She draws it. She draws people in. Definitely. Yeah. She's cool. the one in the red dress, right? Yes. Cool. Yes. And Banquo okay. and the person that is called Baldwitch have a really mm. cool dance in the center of the ballroom. Um, weirdest parts... Yeah, so some of the one-on-ones is kind of like that Disney World thing that I'm not supposed to really like say the details. Sure. Some of the one-on-ones are super weird, and they'll involve things like someone putting like bones in your hand or mm. like pull, yeah, pulling a, a screw out of their mouth. Like, yeah, pulled like a key and ate some what looked like raw meat. And, yes. Oh boy. Yeah. Things like that. So yeah. I would say those are the weirdest, but it was cool. I'm curious about, did you have any experiences like where your black mask job was weird. Like, did you ever have a patron who was unruly or, like, watch somebody be creepy? Yeah. Yeah. not fun with. <laughs> yeah, there were definitely those. It felt like every time, and this is maybe why I avoided the hospital, it felt like that was the place that people just, like, got weird. I <laughs> There was a dentist room. Okay. And it had tools. Yeah. And I one time, saw, like, caught two people like acting out a dentist <gasps> scene together no. and this person like had tools like at the person's mouth what did you do i just stood there until they stopped and like <laughs> shook my head no <laughs> and they they did stop but it took a second and i, then will I say, there's something about someone in a black mask emerging from the shadows <laughs> just shaking <laughs> their head at you it feels very effective without yes. ruining the aesthetic it is it is nerve-wracking though because you know you're, I was a woman. I mean, I am a woman. <laughs> I was, still was are. I still am a woman. Um, we'll, we'll continue to be a woman. Yes. And um, it's a little intimidating to, like, that they were they were two, you know, like, tall men. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just kind of don't know. But thankfully, my manager was, like, quick to the, to come into the rescue, like, if we ever felt uncomfortable like that. Cool. Yeah. And there are so many, like, just strange, strange people coming to talk to you. Um, and... Yeah, Usher came. What? Yeah. Whoa, how was that? So was apparently, Usher scared? Um, Usher apparently was like acting like a spy, kind of. Like he was, <laughs> he was like running around Same. like, yeah, right? I love that. <laughs> he like went against the walls and like, like creeped yes. around. And this had was also a, probably the most anonymity Usher has had so in like yeah. literally years. Yeah, true. like a lot of celebrities like it because they get to oh, that's hide. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so, um, I'm forgetting his name now. Somebody. Matt Doyle. No, what's Do you want to Google it? We can cut this part out. <laughs> I would like you to know. Oh, Jenna's making it. claw hands. I'm trying, going, to trying to remember what his name is. Um, can you I'll tell think us about, it. about him. He was in Spring Breakers. <laughs> oh, 
Why is that the movie I'm thinking of him in? He's in every, like, so oh, many things. Uh, that asshole? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Channing guy who's high all the time? No. 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 I'm We're, just throwing out names. No, um, I don't know if we can break because I've never seen it. <laughs> no, this what is, is this, this is the best. It's gonna drive me oh, crazy. It's, it's popular. No. Yeah, and it finally um, just came out that he uh, creeps on younger yes. women. Yes, um, yeah. that's everyone in Hollywood. Yeah, right. Is he? Is he? Starts with a J. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm also terrible at celebrity okay. names. Give me. Is he like? Is um, he like short? He was Oz the Great. He was Oz the Great and terrible in the new one. And the Danielle's looking at me as though she's never heard of the <laughs> I never heard of Oz. Um, he has a mustache a lot of the time. He was he taught acting He classes. co-hosted the Oscars with Anne Hathaway. Oh, Jonah Hill. No! no! <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, no. I know who this is. I know who this is. He's the Green Goblin. He's, a, he's the Green Goblin's <laughs> son. What is his name? No, no, no. He's, he was in Milk. Yes. No, you can't look it up. I know who this is. No, and I and he's a jerk. No, jer- no he's a jerk. No, he's... <laughs> Any listener we have is currently screaming the name of the celebrity. We don't have we don't have <laughs> listeners anymore. They all jump ship because we can't remember the name of this insane all right, person. Yeah, 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 look, 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 look up Spring Break. The only name in my mind is Jeff Goldblum. No, um, it's not him. I know no, it's not him. It's, well, as Danielle's looking it up. Yeah. James Franco. James yes. Franco. And for the record, for the record, I did not look that up. I did not look that up. I remember. I knew it was a J. He was there once. This was like could have been so simple, but he was there, and he like is much shorter in person, and and had his arm around someone the whole time, and like like took her around, and it was fun just like watching him and being like, "You're right there," and no one knows that that's James Franco. That's Sleep No More. Ariana Grande came. Whoa. Adele came, but I wasn't there. Oh. That's okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Neil Patrick Harris is like a huge promoter of Sleep No More. Cool. He always is of like magic and things in that era, like genre. Oh, that makes sense. I got to watch him watch the character that's called The Porter. And he had such like a childlike energy. He was so excited, Aww. and he'd been there like so I many times. But <laughs> he was so pumped, and also really nice to everyone that came in front of him. So I will say, oh, he was great. Usher was nice. We didn't have a problem with James Franco then. It just was kind of fun to watch. That's so funny. I'm so proud that I figured it out. It was when you said he co-hosted the Oscars. I could see him. Yeah, I anyway. saw him the whole time. I just like couldn't think of his name. Yeah. We can cut that. What a, no, I that think was no, the best part. This is amazing. Um, not the best part. But uh, are any other just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just sort of hung up and fascinated on just like the weird behavior of people because there is something about it that's like it's voyeuristic and it feels anonymous, but also you're in a room with other people and you're at a play. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. like this weird, like, when you've been sort of told or shown, you genuinely can touch everything in a way that's, like, yeah. so taboo in all other yeah spaces. Mm-hmm. I mean, public spaces anyway. Definitely stopped people having sex a lot. <gasps> oh, that makes A lot. Sense. Yeah. Oh, How no. romantic. So romantic. Um, <laughs> and really sex. gross for the person that has to tell them to stop. How did you do that? Or did you also so just walk s- forward and shake it? <laughs> <laughs> One time it, they were in the shadows. bathroom, so I just like knocked on the door, and then they stopped. But you could like hear everything. Oh no! And then one time they were going through this part that set up kind of like a woods maze. Yeah. Uh huh. And that I called my manager up for because I just wasn't quite ready to. <laughs> there was like a few people. <laughs> oh my so goodness! I was like, ah. They had just seen the goat orgy, and they were like, "We can do that." Yeah, totally. Yes. That's so funny that people call that the orgy scene. 
It's funny because, yeah, that's not I how I would have described it, but it's how it had been termed for me no. or like what I had heard before. So, so. what we're, what we're talking about, yeah. if you haven't <laughs> seen it, is the, the three witches when they, they do the prophecies. have their prophecy. Yeah. yeah. And they reveal things. And there's quite a bit of nudity and loud strobe-like party like music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very fun to stumble into. And I would say most people I've talked to saw that on their first time because you can hear it. Yeah, it's so far away. I saw it twice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, When I yeah within within the one time. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's the fun fact too. Is like it's on a loop, so it happens three times. Mm -hmm. It starts like which made things make so much more sense after I found that out. I found that out after the fact. But it's that weird thing where you're like, this happens later. But I just saw that. But I guess it's all happening. I'm on second time. So when we were in our positions, we would be in that position for half of the time. Oh, so then okay. you would see usually like a couple things twice, but then you'd switch positions halfway cool, through the cool, show. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, did you have a favorite part of the show, divorced from your your job? Yeah. Mm. I think you you said earlier. Yeah, the ball witch. Oh, yeah, 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 bingo great. dance was really cool. Um, I mean, honestly, the bar itself. Um, even if you don't see the show, go to the Mandalay Bar and watch the Follies performances mm. and like the jazz music because it is this like perfect red curtain covered, like they're giving absinthe out and like the the singers are all dressed in these like beautiful um, period costumes and it's just got a vibe like it feels so comfy. So I am like totally in the, a cool era. So. Yeah, that shocks me every time. Once in a while, I'll run into someone who will refer to it as the McKittrick Hotel Bar. Mm-hmm. Like, who will be like, want to get drinks there. Mm-hmm. And I'm always now? like, you mean at sleep no more? <laughs> like, it's so weird. I think of it so exclusively yeah. as that. But there's other stuff happening there. Yeah, there's actually two bars. Right. So there's the Mandalay, which is the red curtained one. And then they might have been talking about Gallo Green. Which we is show there. Ceiling, yeah. like on the ceiling. Did you see Prudencia? Yes. yes. Prudencia it was Hart. awesome. Uh, it was fantastic. It's I liked Prudencia. Shows I've maybe ever seen. I loved yeah. it. Um, oh, so we asked you about like the, the weirdest or creepiest audience members you ever stopped. Um, was there ever like a great moment where you like watched someone be really moved in a way that was exciting? I mean, I think every it's probably hard to see because it's also it is it is hard to see, but it's it was cool in general. I mean, I think my favorite shows. Uh, aside from the fact that I was really tired were the ones that were the late night shows because <laughs> mm-hmm. there were less people. And so you got to find people like very excited about the process cool. a little bit more in those times because they weren't fighting crowds just to see. Um, yeah, people were really moved by it. I mean, the I was telling them before we started recording that they're super fans and um who people who just really enjoy this so much and know every character storyline and come a couple times a week or that is once a month uh, you know like even just going like once or twice a month is a big deal because it's it's not cheap um but they really like know the show better than i think most of the people that work there so that's it's pretty cool that it's had such an impact and they just opened Sleep No More in Shanghai as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Similar with the weird similarities with the Ren Fair of, like, there were these people, we called them playtrims instead of patrons because they were like, we are also playing with mm-hmm. the actors, um, who would come every day. And at the end, like, one of them, like, wrote us all cards, mm-hmm. knew all of our characters, yeah. like, would come up to us and ask about the, like, weird little story arcs we had constructed. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, people get into stuff that they can get 
I think there's something about immersive and interactive yeah. theater that people just like who crave that thing get really into. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting that you said like it feels like they know the show better than the people who are in it because it, there is something um, to being on only ever on the like audience side and you never see how the sausage is made. Yeah, um, but uh, or like that. Sorry, but it reminds me of what you were saying about how George R. R. Martin sometimes runs into that where a fan will be like. I noticed. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that's um, totally. Oh oh, are you you're referring to the fact that um, people thought that Jane Westerling was perhaps an imposter because um, in her first appearance, Catelyn Stark describes her as having childbearing hips, and then later, uh, Jamie Lannister describes her as having narrow hips, and a bunch of people wrote into George being like, "Ooh, she's an imposter," and he was like, "No, I just forgot how wide the hips were on this minor character." <laughs> um, but um, totally uh, uh, to to that point, is there anything about the show that you would say remains a mystery to you obviously you're not spilling any um forbidden secrets here but it, anything that kept you guessing or you're still unsure about yeah i mean i haven't seen the majority of the one-on-ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the the one-on-ones are when you get pulled into a experience just with the performer um and they often will like remove your mask and have a special thing happen with you um there are some of those i still haven't gotten even though i know the show and i know when the person gets taken away i still like will miss the moment Mm. which is crazy um yeah that's a mystery i think i would like to know the performer's perspective too on it um Mm -hmm. because that repetition of the track and a lot of them um change roles every night Mm. or you know there's several different casts but also people play different characters all the Whoa. time interesting so yeah just like hearing it would be cool to talk to somebody that's acted in it and see what that experience is it yeah it seems like an incredibly intense <laughs> athletic oh absolutely show. yeah you have to be you have to be very in shape um to handle it and i would say if you ever go wear comfortable shoes mm-hmm. it's a lot of running and yeah yeah, oh, that's good. Do you any any other tips for anyone who might be planning to Yeah, go like to what's the more? best way to experience yes. it? What's your advice? So, I say get a ticket for the earliest time you can. Mm-hmm. It, everything ends at the same time as the people that bought tickets for the next like 30 or so minutes. So, you lose time if you don't buy like the earliest ticket for that show. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, it's yeah. like 3 hours long, but Someone who bought a ticket for 7 o'clock versus someone that bought one for 7.30. Right. They get done at 10 o'clock, you know? Got it. So try to get the earlier tickets if you want more time. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have contacts, (laughs) wear those instead of glasses because the masks that you wear have a really hard time staying on with glasses. Good tip. Um, And that's something we encountered a lot as a very tricky moment for patrons. Um, I would say wear comfortable shoes as I did already and try to experience it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, When you go with a pair, you're often like pulled in the direction that they might anticipate going or you make choices that you would only make with them. I'd say do it alone. Don't worry about where your partner is and just like go where your heart takes you. And it's so much more fun that way. Mm -hmm. And are there any other things where you're like, and if you can go this way or follow this person or don't don't follow someone for too long or follow someone for a long time or is that all kind of in the realm of yeah I say I would say go do where your heart follows 
I personally hurt that. Yeah. yeah. Well, whichever one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know the phrase. Yeah. Um, I would say that I personally really liked the second storyline a lot. I think the Macbeth stuff is really cool. I saw the second storyline. I saw yeah. none of the I second storyline. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm sure we, we will have talked about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. We're, just to reveal the secrets of podcasting, we're doing this part first. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, hey, there's like some Paisley witch trial stuff, and there's a bunch of Hitchcock. The whole soundtrack is yeah. Hitchcock, obviously. Um, but Andrew, I, I didn't know that. Yes. I love... The Macbeth stuff, but if you want to have more private moments, and and if you like smaller uh, acting choices, I'd say the the other storylines are the way to go. But if, definitely, if you're more into like the epic parts, then follow the Macbeth people for a while. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Any last thoughts on sleep no more that you would like to share? Mm, you should go. It's fun. <laughs> um. And yeah, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the experience there. If you're interested in like having a unique job experience or. Yeah, I hear do, it's hard work. They work you it's hard. It's hard work. It's a yeah. Tough. They're it's tough. tough on their black masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was interesting. And the people that are there for the most part are um, generally very great people who love this hotel. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Jenna, do you have a favorite Shakespeare play? Ooh. And or. <laughs> not or, but and. No, I have one more question. The answer the Shakespeare okay. one first. I got excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, that's so hard. Comedy as you like it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can yes. do categories. Tragedy. Is it bad if I say Macbeth? No. no. Macbeth is well done. Like, it's great. That's why everybody does it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's like for a reason. It's the spookiest one. Yes. I also really like Othello, but I would mm-hmm. say Macbeth is just, it's a classic. I'll see it any chance I get and I don't get tired of it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. What's your favorite Halloween costume you've ever done? <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Okay. Last year I was Norma Desmond mm-hmm. and it really was a hit mm. and my partner was... Uh, Vincent Price so we were in like old Hollywood garb and it was like such a last minute deal and it just worked out really really well love that Um, and then I was starry night one year Ooh, that's fun yeah but my costume came came after Halloween so I wore it for a birthday party but I still like painted a starry night on my face and I'll say it was pretty that's awesome it's pretty cool cool. yeah I love that yeah I want to hear your favorite costume Ooh, oh, that's hard. Ever, um, I would have to really go through them. I, I I've gotten exhaustively into doing uh, like face paints the last couple years, and so I think my my Cheshire Cat face paint was, it was pretty very cool. Was pretty good. That and my half skull um, were both. I feel like I go in I I go in less for like a punny costume mm-hmm. and more just for like upsetting detail of a certain <laughs> character. I appreciate that, though. Yeah. It's the artist holiday. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't think... I don't know if it was my all-time favorite, but I really liked my costume last year, which was... It was a little last minute, but I was the rainbow oh, yeah. fish. And Aww. I, like... It was, like, cute and the right, you know, color scheme and sort of did a tutu to be the right shape. But then I cut, like, the silver sparkly scales Aww. and I put them on with safety pins. So over the course of the night, 
especially like if anyone got my costume, which like mm-hmm. a few people did, I would be like, yes, I'm the rainbow fish. Do you want a scale? So Aww. by the end of the night, I had like given away my skills like the rainbow fish does. I, I like like weird interactive costumes. Like one year I was Peter Pan and I clipped a book light to my shoulder That's to be Tinkerbell. That's I cool. Know. I was oh. basically just versions of princesses, up to and including <laughs> one year I was Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but specifically in the episode where she goes back to the Elizabethan era. I love that episode. I was that. Yeah. So like, I just, we for should... me, it was always an excuse to wear like a princess gown, but also Hermione probably was. We should say one. that year that you were Sabrina, that you were Sabrina, but from <clears throat> the portrait. Um, yeah. Our, our friend Lexi was a Christmas mouse. <laughs> And I was a skeleton, but specifically Lucy, uh, the australopithecine from the Natural History Museum. Yeah. So we were like a very esoteric. Yeah, we were trio. each just like the most us that we could have been at the age of whatever seven. I absolutely. I also love that. had a because I was worried people wouldn't get my <laughs> costume, which was rightfully so. Yeah. So I wrote on a note card what I was, and I stapled it to my back. <laughs> Uh, my weirdest costume was a pumpkin fairy. My mom, oh, my mom still fun. makes fun of me for it. I like. That. I found it at Walmart, and it was just <laughs> literally a fairy, and there were little plastic pumpkins all over it. I love that. That's like one year I got it in my head. I was in fourth grade, I think. I was like, I want to be the slime queen. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> it's not from anything. You got to be. But the my slime my queen. wonderful mother made me. Oh, my Mary Poppins costume might have been. This is. I'm bad at favorites. I was one year though. This might be my favorite. My mom made me a costume of Mary Poppins, but again, from when she jumps into the chalk drawing. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I was also yeah. that was also when we were little, right? Yeah. I think I was Cinderella that year. Yeah. It was like the one year I was into princesses, and then I was like, no, Halloween's supposed to be scary. I was that kid who yeah. was like, this is slightly off theme. How dare you? <laughs> Um, but last year when you were the Rainbow Fish, we, we've been doing a thing where yeah. we, we don't do theme costumes, but we exist within the same world. Thematic within the same, Yeah, within the yeah. same, like, larger thematic category. And yeah. last year we were both fish, and I was an anglerfish, and my, I did, I was proud that I, I made my, my lore, uh, the, like, my head lure. dangly yes. lure uh, lit up different colors that I DIY'd. Yeah, that, that. That felt like and the year win. before that we were both literary birds because I was fox, the phoenix, the, and fuck you were. You. The year before that we were a dragon and a princess. Oh, and the yes, year before yes, yes. that we were literary birds. I, I flipped <laughs> them. I flipped them. But yeah, where she was the raven and I was fox, the phoenix. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So now you've gotten every Halloween costume we've ever been. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the. <laughs> if you were looking for ideas, now you have them. You yeah. have a lot of very specific. Yeah, ideas. I'm the worst um, of favorites. What are you going to be just, this like, year? Debilitating. Yeah, this year. Okay. Again, my boyfriend is just so I okay. I take Halloween very seriously. I make it should. feel like I'm going to the Emmys or something. Like I think about my costume. Yes, for like the Met Gala. Literally, yeah. like four months, but yeah. then I change my mind like twenty seven times. That's <laughs> the only way to do it. Yeah. As, so as is right and just. Originally, I keep doing last minute ones, so I admire no, you're that. Fine. That's who yeah. I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna do French aristocrats until we realized how expensive that is, um, and. I think, okay, so now we're debating between being the girl in the Hitchhiker episode of The Twilight Zone oh. and, and the actual Hitchhiker. That's fun. Um, if you haven't seen Midsummer, it's going to be a very popular costume this year, mm-hmm. but we thought about being the couple and then like the guy after he's in the bear. 
Uh, I have not, so that was a very confusing sentence. I've read the Wikipedia page, so I'm in the know. <laughs> it's quite intense. I'm um, just scared of horror things. Yeah, you I have a mixed relationship I don't think you with would Halloween. like it. You would hate it. Yeah. Continue. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and then I also just really want to do black and white makeup where you look like you're in the movie. So, like, you That's do, like, gray. Fine. You do gray and white, and Ooh. you have your hair, like, in a black wig, and then... Like, we might do, like, a talky thing where it says, like, gasp or something. Oh, That's yeah. So yeah. And you could even pick a particular, if you wanted to get really crazy. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I look a little bit like Betty Davis enough to, to be like, do a Betty Davis black and white. Yeah. And, and then so you have something think, specific to model costume yeah. on. Yeah. So, so many ideas. And it's in a, a week. God, don't tell I, me that. I haven't. Like <laughs> I, I, I have to dress up on Saturday night. I was going to say, and also your sketch thing, right? Oh, at work we're doing sketches. Okay. And I'm leading the Wizard of Oz charge. And who Huge. are you going to be? I'm going to be the Wicked Witch. Yes. And it's who I've always wanted to be because in high school I was Glenda. And she <laughs> she's the villain of the story. I'm no. Very, okay. Glenda? Okay, so in the beginning, or in the end of the show... <laughs> In the end of the I'm show, I'm ready for this hot take. Give it to hot us. take. Glenda at the end of the show says to Dorothy, "I knew it all along. You just had to find it for yourself." <laughs> Fuck you, Glenda. You knew the whole time, and you almost killed Dorothy and her friends. And you freaking knew, and you could have come in on your little bubble at any point. Even though she did save them from the poppies, she could have come in at any point and said. Let me just tell you how to get I'm home. I'm going to level with you. I'm going to level with you. You've had MapQuest or MapQuest. Whoa. Whoa. You've had Google Maps on your phone the whole time. time. I just wanted you to find it for yourself. If I was she, Dorothy, I'd slap her. She's basically put a round... She's orchestrated a hit on the Wicked Witch of the West in a very roundabout way. Totally. She's also got that only bad witches are ugly line. Oh, yeah. It's no good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I elected... That I would have my moment. Nice. <laughs> that I didn't get in the full length production I, um, to be the Wicked Witch. I was Elphaba one year and I got marked as absent because I was wearing a black <laughs> wig and my teacher didn't recognize me without my. In case you've never met me, I'm gonna dream that one day this will be listened to by a listener who's never met me. I have huge curly red hair, which is my defining feature. And in its absence, my teacher for- forgot about you. Me. Fun fact about Alphaba, <laughs> I sang the entire Defying Gravity song for my sixth grade talent show. And by oh, that, yes. I mean I sang both parts. Yes. For yes, seven. You did. Like six and a half minutes or however long it is. I was like, I hope you're happy now that you're choosing this. You too. <laughs> like I sang every word. Oh, no. And it's my favorite thing to be fair, we once sang all of A Weekend in the Country at a karaoke, <laughs> at a karaoke bar. bar. Well, was... also, when I was in, uh, I'm pretty sure we said that in our last episode. Yeah, I think so, too. This is going to be the one fact we repeat every episode. <laughs> the greatest thing we've ever it's done. proudest uh, accomplishment. When I was in third grade, um, me and my friend Isabella McKinley Corbo, who's getting a full new shout out. Yeah, um, oh, careful. At, at the time, um, we dressed up as elves and sang a song from that the elves <laughs> sing from The Hobbit to a tune we had made up a cappella. For a talent best. show? For a talent show. Oh, that's no. the best. Yeah. Oh, no. Talent shows as children. Um, no, no, I don't no. own this podcast, but I highly recommend you send them your talent show. Oh, yes. I love that. Tweet at us or Instagram us your talent show videos and photos. 
Hashtag spooky season. Because there's <laughs> the nothing weirder, spookier the than a sixth grade <laughs> talent show. So true. Okay. I need to find that. So that's that sort of... Uh, any, uh, that's, that's Halloween. That's Sleep No More. That's all of the things. Jenna... Do you have any projects or ongoing things that you'd like to tell everybody mm-hmm. about? Sure. Um, I am a new photographer. Cool. So you can follow me at jennab241 on Instagram. That's J-E-N-N-A-B-E-E-241. I just sounded like a commercial. Nice. Um, and yeah, I'm working on some producing things, but that's kind of the, if you want to keep up with my content that's where to follow me it's great she's super talented danielle's gonna take pictures with me i know i'm excited it's gonna be great yeah right before halloween social all right thank you so much (laughs) thank you for coming on the pod thank you for having me bye 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 oh wait you said you had a ghost story before we before we head out yeah What, what was your childhood ghost story okay so best friend who i'm still best friends with to this day um, we were going sledding down a very small hill, which was like right in front of her pond as mm-hmm. kids. And I'm at the top of the hill ready to go down, but I was letting her go first. We were taking turns. It's probably like eight o'clock, but it was, it was snowing and it was late. So, uh, it was dark outside. It was just us. And she's at the bottom of the hill and I see this shadowy person that looked like they were wearing a trench coat and a top hat mm. walk by like along the pond. So that's like right near where she is. And then I suddenly see her run up the hill. And I was like, did she just see that shadowy thing I saw? She runs up the hill and then we both, you know, as kids, when you don't really know if you want to like talk about it mm-hmm. you just like run mm-hmm. it's like when you're when you're out in your backyard and it's really dark and you suddenly decide that there's something scary so you just like book it we booked it all the way to her house which was like through the woods um and when we got inside i was like did you see that thing she was like yeah i totally did and then she described it back to me like verbatim mm-hmm. that there was like a person in a trench coat and a top hat so for years we kept saying to each other you know, like the man is what we would call it. Mm-hmm. Like the man is coming. Oh my God. Like we'd freak ourselves <laughs> out. And then our friends would even like say the man and like make us cry because we were so freaked out. So that was when we were like in fifth or sixth grade. Fast forward a couple years. Um, her lovely grandmother was on her deathbed and, you know, like not doing well. And uh, my best friend Chastity was sitting in the room with her. And her grandmother turns and looks in the hallway and says, do you see that guy in a trench coat? No one's there. Oh, Chastity's no. like looking. And she bursts into tears. She calls me, tells me what just happened. Like her grandma just had seen the ghost we saw. And then her grandma died like the next day. Whoa. Ah. Or like the next week, I think it was the next but day. But maybe he was benevolent. Like maybe he was watching over you guys. Maybe he had come to yeah. help so you. Yeah, so we actually Danielle like, has such a knee-jerk reaction to I make know. it not scary. Like, so scary. <laughs> That's um, the scariest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was really scary. And um, the scariest part was that it was so many years later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it resurfaced. I literally just got chills. Yeah. Um, but part of us is like maybe it was her husband, like visiting and keeping us safe 
Mm. Then again, you like picture something in like a black coat, and it's not scary. As, it's not as sinister. Friendly. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It's almost the end of October. Yeah. Because the pumpkins season's gonna be done. And then it's November and we have to eat cranberries. So Danielle says, <laughs> I have an idea for the cold outro, and then this is this is the idea that pumpkin season is over. It's ending. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, talk about cranberries. I I don't know if it's cranberries. I was trying to figure this out with our other friend yesterday where I was like, okay, so Obviously, Thanks, October is the pumpkin tasting November's season, pumpkin. pumpkin spice, and then December is peppermints and chocolate. But what is November? It's cranberries and turkey, but you can't like make a bread of that, <laughs> or like you're not gonna like put that in your coffee. And so, I mean, it, yes, it's still pumpkins, but it feels like it has to be something else because we've passed the pumpkin holiday legally, which is Halloween. Well, you still, but then you eat pumpkin it's, pie on Thanksgiving. I know, but it's like, what's November? Does November not get a special thing? I feel like maybe it's just like general harvest. It's like anything in a cornucopia. It's like a sweet potato. <laughs> Something russet. Russet? Like a russet, russet potato? Is that a potato? I guess. Is that a kind of potato? I think it's a, both a kind of potato and what's a color. Your, here's a good Halloween question. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Mm, uh, stuffing. Stuffing. I think stuffing. I know that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was in high school, um, my mom's friend Ron uh, came to Thanksgiving and he made bourbon sweet potatoes. Which, like, for the record, her her mom is married, so it's just like my mom's friend Ron is no, like the universal. My mom's my mom's <laughs> sorry. I should have said my mom's gay former drama teacher Ron. Oh, that's way more colorful. Came. Um, and former roommate too after he was her drama teacher when they were both adults and it wasn't weird um, but uh, he, he made bourbon sweet potatoes but his oven broke like halfway through making them oh, so they no. were just kind of sweet potato uh, there's, there's our kitchen yeah, our classic oh, no. beep noise uh, they were just kind of sweet potatoes what had been drenched in bourbon with without heat applied. Horrible. So I, as a, as a kid, as a, a good teen with no taste for alcohol, I thought they were disgusting. And I like choked some down for appearances. But then afterwards, my mom, which this will give you a, a strong color of who my mom is and what, what she gets into, made up little Thanksgiving plates for our pet rats on like a jam jar <laughs> lid with like turkey little whatever all the things including the bourbon sweet potatoes and my uh one rat Didi like went in on their Didi and Gogo from waiting for Gatto uh went in on the the bourbon sweet potatoes and then was like walking crooked all around his little rat cage afterwards you got drunk yeah my mom well my mom just gave the rats bourbon so that's fun 